0: Thank you very much, and good morning, everyone. This is preacher Bill Gilliland at First Christian Church, uh, corner of Fudge Streets uh, in Covington, Virginia, and Monroe Avenue. And it's a delight for us to be able to share with you the uh, Word of God today, the good news, uh, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord continues to bless us, to provide for us, even though we continue in uh, the pandemic, we see signs that things are getting better and uh, people are getting their vaccines and the, the numbers are coming down. And uh, we just have hope for a beautiful spring and summer uh, where the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and God's people everywhere can begin to, to come back and thrive and be revived. And that's what I want to deal with this morning in the message uh, that we take from God's Word. We, we want to discuss uh, this morning the opportunities that come from crises and challenges of life because God has always worked through uh, the history of the world to bring about the very best for His people. You know, we ask ourselves, well, what about uh, the, the pandemic? What's going to happen now? Uh, will things ever uh, be the same? What does a new normal look like, even if there is what we refer to as a new normal? Um, well, I, I just want to submit to you that uh, God always has good news for his people. Uh, the question has come, you know, is is COVID-19 a once-in-a-lifetime crisis uh, outside of our control that will negatively affect the church's growth for years to come? After all, a lot of churches have been forced already to close their doors. Um, Will will more and more of them be forced to close? Uh, So we ask ourselves, is is this just a a a once-in-a-lifetime crisis, or or is COVID-19 a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity? An opportunity that God will use to springboard the church's growth for years to come. That was a quotation by Ashley Woolridge in an article that I read recently. You know, God uh, has always been able to bring good out of bad, and we want to see that in the scriptures today. Uh, My Sunday school class, uh, we've been having a Zoom Sunday school class uh, throughout this pandemic, and We've been looking at some of the Old Testament characters, uh, the patriarchs, and uh, we most recently uh, studied about Joseph in the Old Testament, how his brothers turned against him and hated him and sold him into slavery. And once he got down into Egypt, uh, things started going well for a while, and then he was falsely accused of, of rape. And and uh, in, in the long stretch, he is able to save... Uh, the nation of Egypt, and much of the world uh, through a severe uh, famine. And in chapter 50 of Genesis, the very end of the book, his brothers come to him, ask his forgiveness for what they did to him when he was just a young lad, and and uh, they 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 are hoping that he will not harm them. And Joseph comes to his brothers, and in chapter 50 of Genesis, in verse 20, He says to them, you intended this for evil, but God intended it for good, for the saving of many lives. And I think we need to constantly see that even though things might go sour in this life and sometimes people might be against us and the world seems to be opposing us, God can use all these things for his good and for our good for growth of his kingdom, to establish the gospel and, uh, and and biblical facts as a foundation once again. You know, <clears throat> I'm convinced that the question that we probably should be asking is not, what should we do now? I think maybe the better question would be, how should we think now? You see, without right thinking, we almost never do the right things. But when we're thinking right, when our thinking, our, our minds are on the, the scriptures and the plan that God has always put into motion for his people, then we begin to do the right things. I think of that beautiful scripture over in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, where the apostle Paul is wrapping up a great letter to one of the early churches And he says there, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You see, he's establishing here what goes on in our mind and, of course, also in our hearts. He's establishing that that is what's most important. Don't worry about uh, the things that uh, we should do right now. We need to worry about what our thoughts are. Are we thinking the right direction? Are we thinking in God's direction? Let me suggest to you this morning uh, some ways of thinking that I believe can lead us to thrive and grow as God's people and as His church I know that a lot of you who are listening this morning are First Christian Church members who either haven't been able to get back into the face-to-face service or, or you're still intimidated by this this virus. Some of you are shut in and, and the radio uh, <clears throat> message is, is what you cling to every week. But uh, I, all of us should have the proper thinking, godly thinking, Uh, We need to think right and noble and true and pure and lovely because that's what's praiseworthy, and that's where God is working. So here's the first thing I'd like to mention to you, and that is that crises in life always equals opportunity. You know, we can get out of the challenges and the crises of life exactly uh, what uh, we intend, and there's always opportunity in the bad times. Uh, when you think about it, the great breakthroughs in the Bible always happened right after the deepest crises, the greatest challenges. Let me just uh, take you on a brief history through some of these biblical ideas. Think about in Genesis chapter 12, when God appears to Abraham and and asks him to uh, leave his home and everything behind to pack up and to leave and to and to go, and, and God said, I'll tell you when to stop. And then he begins to make some promises to Abraham, and, and the Bible says that by faith Abraham did all that. It says he was going not even knowing where he was going because God had told him. Uh, little did Abraham know all the things that God had planned for, for, he, for him and his inheritance, those that would follow him uh challenge always equals opportunity, and then uh, I've already mentioned to you a uh, scripture about Joseph, but think about Joseph when he gets down into Egypt after his brothers in their hatred have sold him, and he gets down there and he starts working for <clears throat> the the head of the prison guard, and Joseph is accused of rape and thrown into prison and it's just like uh, a lot of us, we would say, "Well, another domino has fallen, but Joseph didn't look at it like that. You know everything that uh, everything that Joseph did seemed to turn to gold. Uh, he was not distraught when bad things happened. He just put, uh, he placed himself in the hand of God. You know if we're if we're willing to trust God and put our best foot forward, the Lord is going to bless us as Christians, as a church. A uh, challenge always equals opportunity. I love the, the, the mental picture of Moses in Exodus chapter 14, leading the children of Israel. He has led them out of a bondage in Egypt. And uh, now they are facing the Red Sea on one side and the approaching angry chariot army of Pharaoh on the other side. And they fall into distress And God says, tell the people, Moses, tell the people to to step forward. Uh, God used that crisis to show them a great opportunity. They put their faith in the Lord. And, And I think that same picture can be seen in 2 Kings chapter 19 in the Old Testament where the king of Judah, King Hezekiah and Jerusalem, God's holy city, they're surrounded by this gigantic army, Sennacherib and, and his army. It's, a, it's a, an army that they could not possibly defeat. And the uh, Sennacherib, the, the uh, uh, enemy general, sends a very critical letter to Hezekiah, criticizing not only Israel and Judah, but criticizing their god, and uh, it's a real crisis for the Jews. And what does Sennacherib do? He, he takes that letter, that letter that was very critical of the Lord, and he takes it up to the temple and he lays it out on the table. And in, in paraphrase words, he basically looks up to God and says, Have you seen this? You know, have you read this letter? Uh, this, this guy is critical of our God. What are you going to do about it? And, of course, we know that that same night, God sent an angel to kill thousands of the enemy troops. Um, Crisis and challenge always equals opportunity. We could take this uh, right on into the New Testament. And in Luke chapter 24, after the death of Jesus, we see the disciples quarantined together in grief and fear in a locked upper room. Everything seemed hopeless. Their dreams were vanquished. Little did they know that Jesus truly was alive and come back from the death, and, and uh, he appears to them in that room. God was just beginning to work through them to give uh, the world uh what he had promised to Abraham and all those Old Testament saints for thousands of years, it was going to come true. Um, You you go to Acts chapter 7, where Stephen, one of the early members of the early church and a deacon, preaches there in chapter 6, and he is stoned by the Jews, And the Bible says that on the same day that he was stoned to death, a great persecution broke out against the church, forcing the church to flee to many other places. Uh, These were tough times for the early church. But you know what it says in, in Acts chapter 8 and verse 4? Those who had been scattered preached the word everywhere they went. They weren't going to give up. They knew that God always brings opportunity out of crisis. He brings opportunity out of challenges. And that's true today, dear friends. As we face this pandemic, as we wonder what's going to happen next, we need to look for the for the opportunities, the blessings that God presents through a crisis. I might also mention something else that uh, proves to be true, and that is, that history is a better predictor than current headlines. What, what has happened in the past is a better predictor of what's going to happen in the future than the experts today who are putting the headlines on the TV and the radio and the newspapers. And most of them, of course, are very negative. You know, things are never going to be the same, they say. When it comes to the church, you might as well count on losing 20% of your people before all this is over with, and on and on the headlines. And let me say, I I appreciate what some of our experts, as far as church growth experts are saying. Um, We we have been benefited by some of the things that they have predicted. It's enabled us to be a little bit more prepared. But, you know, history... What has happened in the past is probably a better predictor of what's going to happen than the speculation of those who are living just in today. Do you realize that between the crucifixion of Jesus and the declaring of Christianity as the official religion of the Roman Empire some 300 years later, a lot of things happened? But you might be surprised at what some of those things were. Uh, Two of the things that happened during that 300-year period was the Antonine Plague that happened in A.D. 165 and the Cyprian Plague of A.D. 249. Both of those were devastating pandemics, plagues. Um, but, But God used those plagues, the church used those plagues, as an opportunity for growth and and revival. History shows that one of the major launching pads for the growth of the early church was how these Christians led and loved through these two devastating pandemics. Yes, these pandemics helped church growth instead of hindering church growth. It is said in history at one point during the Cyprian Plague, 5,000 people per day were dying in Rome from that plague. But the love and the leadership of the church during that time led to one of, of Christianity's greatest growth periods. Isn't that fantastic that God uh, allowed this, these terrible plagues to happen, but he allowed also the church to be loving and serving and redemptive during that time? And it caused people to want Jesus and to want to be a part of his kingdom. Uh, take, for example, also the Spanish flu of 1918. And I, I, mentioned, uh, I mentioned this in a, in a message at the very beginning of our pandemic. But that Spanish flu pandemic in, in 1918, it devastated America. It took 50 million people's lives worldwide. Uh, churches and businesses closed. People wore masks, but you know, in the years that followed, America experienced church revival and growth. People realized that Christianity and the Lord, the Lord is is our only hope, and they turned to that hope. Um. I, I might also point out that. Uh, At the time when the Spanish flu of 1918 began to devastate America, uh, the restoration movement out of which the Christian churches and the churches of Christ were born uh, was very young at that time. But uh, they were able to use this crisis as a springboard for great growth. That's what happens When we continue to serve the Lord, even in the face of great challenge, I'm convinced that people need community. The church needs fellowship. Uh, I just read an article by one of our Christian church leaders entitled, The Power of Human Touch, Uh, and he goes over some scriptures. You know, scripture affirms that we, we need one another. And we need human touch. Uh, the, the polls confirm it, that, that's, that we read the polls right now. Experience bears witness to it. Uh, one author even says that social distance is antithetical to intimacy. We need the handshake. We need the holy kiss, the holy hug. We need to be able to reach out to one another. And I realize that a lot of you folk that are listening on the radio, you're hampered by, by health Perhaps age, uh, it's very difficult for you to get out, and that's why you're, you're listening to sermons on the radio and not in the fellowship of the church. And the church needs to be very active in shut-in ministry. Um, but it, it's, it's interesting that, um, you know, that many of the one another passages in the New Testament can't happen through the internet. And I'm so glad we have the, the internet now and Facebook. And of course, we live stream our services through Facebook. But you think about all those one another passages in the in the New Testament as, as we read about the early churches. We are to help one another and we're to forgive one another. And, and there's so many of them. But it's interesting that, that a lot of those one another passages... Um, they can't happen through the internet. In fact, if we're really going to love one another, it's going to take more than what can happen through the internet. Jesus said, wash one another's feet even as I've washed your feet. Offer hospitality to one another. Use your spiritual gift to serve one another. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Uh, we we can't do the Good Samaritan thing from a distance, can we because the the Good Samaritan idea is stooping down and administering touch to a person that's in great need, uh, so you know history records that the church has always been able to bounce back even after something like a pandemic um, we We need to resolve we need to put in our minds that this crisis is not going to kill our faith as individual Christians or as a congregation of people. I I go back to Ephesians 3 and verse 20 where Paul writes and says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. And he is able. And we need to have that kind of faith where we say, we we're, we have been through a great challenge, a great crisis. But we're going to put our faith in the living Lord. He has done great things and He will do great things. And you know, having this kind of faith that God can move even during and after a crisis, that's not a business principle, that's a biblical principle. The Hebrew writer says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so I submit to you that the more we're up against it, the more we need to believe that God can use this and God can bring us out of this and he can make us better than we ever were before. He can make us stronger than we ever were before. In the aftermath of crisis, people need the lord more than ever and i'm convinced that so many people out there realize you know anything can happen and it can happen almost overnight so we need to be prepared we need uh to make sure that we have something that's stronger and more foundational than a bank account or or retirement savings or a good doctor, or health insurance. I mean, all these things are wonderful, and they do supply us with what we need in order to live happy and comfortable lives, but that can vanish in an instant. Only faith in our God and in His Word can carry us through the crises and the challenges of life and offer us the hope that everything's going to be all right and even better when we emerge from them, people need the Lord. God's people need the Lord. God has made us ready to grow. Even now, as Christians, as a church, He uh, He uses He uses His His people to bring strength out of weakness. Uh, we need to expect an awakening. We need to expect a revival that will come from what we've been through. Thank you so much for uh, joining us this morning. I pray the Lord will bless you, and uh, we're going to be going off the air with a Christian song. Uh, I, just, I just pray that um, we can capitalize on what God is doing and what he's intending to do. If you're not a Christian, the Lord loves you. He wants to save you. He wants to give you foundation and strength and hope for the days ahead and into eternity. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for our time together today. Uh, We're so grateful uh, for your word and how it can establish us. It is good news. It is the gospel. And we know that you gave Jesus your son to give us hope, not just during the good times, but even in the bad times. Help us, Lord, that whether we're talking about individual Christians or churches or even sinners who have never known the grace of Christ, that good things, great things, and even salvation and hope can come out of the demise and the destruction uh, that we have uh, faced in the past. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.